0: This week's episode of Blue Church Breakaway is brought to you by Tick. Hashtag no fees. Go get your, go get your tickets at TickPick right now. Do it. And if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash breakaway today to support us and get a t-shirt, join our Discord, get some stickers, listen to our bonus podcast. Okay. Here's Mark Messier. We've got a crazy show today. Sean Hornet and also our good friend Vince, a beat writer from USA Today. Here we go. Bye. Or hello.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Church Breakaway, the number one range podcast.
0: Welcome to another week of the Bushings Breakaway. I am your host and the Capope of the church Uh and I'm here with my co host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. Uh,
1: I am also a bishop. You piece of shit.
0: That's true. You're also a bishop. Uh, I want to thank everyone that said hello to me and took a picture with me uh, at MSG. And I also want to say, what's wrong with you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I also want to say, what the fuck is your problem? All what's your everybody problem? involved, you, the people that came up to you.
0: I, think, I do want to thank one particular person that uh, had a fan of ours uh, message us on Reddit and met up with me his name is Spencer. He's listening to shows like he's listening to the show like every day for like the whole time,
1: That's and I also
0: want to say what's wrong with you, Spencer, despite hanging out with you for like two periods
1: all right well, um, let, me, let me give let me Spencer comes here for certain things, so let me give him the goods. Uh, yes. I talked to you about this before we started recording. I had one of the worst. Uh, not fantasy. One of the worst betting. Let's guys.
0: not talk about the guy who dressed up as a pope in MSG. We're, we're gonna we're
1: gonna get to that. I need to talk about <laughs> my bank account first. Um,
0: <laughs> okay.
1: I just. Sure. I, I, most people don't stay up to watch the 10-30 Pac-12. Today we have Sean
0: Harnett of WFAN and also...
1: You know Vince it's hard, right? there's, like an, there's a T that you keep forgetting.
0: I can't read. And also, uh, Vince Mercogliano of USA Today to talk all things Rangers. But now let's talk about college football. Go ahead, Greg.
1: It, it's, just, it's it's just I'll keep it real quick because okay. apparently you're a bad friend. You're not interested in my pay. I'm
0: interested. I just heard the story already, but I know you want to tell it to everyone.
1: It's just I had Washington State as the last piece of a three-team parlay. They were up 32 32, 32, 32, with eight minutes left in the third, and they lost to UCLA, a team who was 0-3 on the year. Uh, and it, it just, it, it broke, it, it damn near broke my heart, Ryan. I gotta tell you.
0: I'm sorry. And I'm so sorry for your bank account. Um,
1: it's $5 but... I'll never have back. Oh my you. God. I'm so sorry. I feel so bad for you. You should.
0: Uh... Everyone that took a picture of me and, and, the, and the garden in the first night, first thing I want to say, or really the last thing I want to say, I'm shocked how many of you people came up to me and said, I
1: love the show. Again. Oh, Jesus Christ. Why are you right, listening? because why? Why, why does anyone, li- I, I don't understand why people listen to us. I don't understand why people come to us for like actual opinions on things. It's I don't crazy. know why they, I don't know why they support us and enable us to do all these stupid things that we do.
0: And then people, other people say bad things like these guys are cringeworthy, and you're right. And then you say bad things like these guys have giant egos, and you're right. And this is a terrible show, and you're right, and yet we're still here. Do we have giant
1: egos? One of us does. You? Me? Probably me. It's probably me. <laughs> probably. I was about to say, I'm pretty self-deprecating. Every time someone comes at me with criticism, it's like, joke's fucking on you, man. You're coming to me with your yeah. problems and expecting me to be like a sage advice giver. The reason I can walk problem?
0: around in, in a holy attire, uh, in MSU is because I'm very much a big fan of myself.
1: That's the only reason. I just think um, it's because you have no shame.
0: That's like, also probably the bigger reason. Yeah. But you,
1: you it was you a didn't great grow time. You up with a father. The, the one God thing God damn, a father gives God you growing up it. is shame. I, I, I gotta really tell you. Time. So you grew up without shame. You grew shame up in a shame. That's my dad tree
0: leaving. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about actual preseason. We do get a little, we get into Dan Girardi with John, and then we also you get into the. Yeah. God. We get into Dan Girardi with Sean, uh, and we also mend a little bit uh, with him. And then we also talk with Vince about all, all the camp stories. But let's cover some things we didn't cover with those guys. And that's our Tammy Panarin and how goddamn good this power play looks. Uh, Pretty good. When, be good. Be when, good the, when,
1: the,
0: a... when the Rangers had their – what would be their official uh, first-line power play out on the ice uh, the first night of the Garden, it was probably the most electric power play we've seen in what years? It's just so absolutely dangerous to have generations. Maybe I, I think you actually might be right. I got a little chills for you saying that, which is weird. I think that uh, says something about me. But yeah, it says you're dehydrated. I, I'm drinking coffee. Panarin. It's very early. Panarin is as advertised. I know. It's, I know it's a very small sample size, and I know he's been. I've seen his highlight videos that he retweets of himself on Twitter. Uh and he's quite good, but it's just you don't really realize how good he is until you see him in person or until you're going to watch a, a plethora of him over the coming weeks and uh I couldn't be more excited to root for a guy that's just as weird and as fun as Panarin.
1: Yeah, it that power play, it's one of the it I don't want to say it's a perfectly constructed unit because I'm sure it's not, but just think of everything that goes into that unit, right? You have two maestros in Zibanejad and Kako, who seemingly know where the puck needs to be at all times. You have a fucking bulldog in Chris Kreider. You have a sniper howitzer of a shooter at Jacob Truba at the top of the point. And then you have Artemi Panarin, who does literally everything. So I'm sure Panarin makes every power play look sensational and tantalizing, but... My God. it! I, I've never been more excited for a power play unit to not score a goal than I was for that first preseason game when um, There was a, a couple
0: times players. where they hit the they, crossbar. They did like the post, what, three,
1: three times, I think? It was three times. Three times in a row, yes. Yeah, and it's That's just, like, they didn't need to score a goal and all of us literally just ejected. Oh, everyone. Yes, every,
0: I'm not going to make every, my point. Everyone
1: was again. weak. Everyone couldn't walk for two minutes afterwards. We just needed to contemplate life a little bit and Get some of that post nut clarity, but it was, it was, uh, man, it's just an, how many times on this podcast have we just bitched and moaned about what the Rangers power play unit looks like, how the Rangers struggle to generate any kind of offense off the power play, the amount of time you and I have spent words saying how guys like Kevin Hayes need to be utilized more in power play units, how Powell Buchnevich needs a longer look at a power play. We now live in a world where I would honestly be disappointed if Pavel Buchnevich was on the first power play unit, considering what a, those five guys. Which is such a
0: weird thing to say. Such a weird, after all these years, we just haven't, it's I don't not know even, if it's going to end not up even being a
1: It's just like, no, those five guys. He's not good enough. It's not even that he's not good enough. It's just like those five guys play off each other seemingly so well with so little time spent together that why would, why would you fuck with it? Don't fuck with it. If it ain't broke, don't break it. It's true.
0: Uh, My other takeaways from the preseason is that everyone plays pretty slow. Everyone plays really sloppy. Everyone's just trying to get their game back. The defense is susceptible. Uh, There was even a point where uh, my Lord and Savior, Capo Kako had like two guys next to him in the middle of the ice, and you could see he wasn't skating full speed. The only concern I've had so far about Kako's game is his his skating ability and sort of his top speed, but – He's a vortex. He's literally a vortex around the puck. He he could he has so many abilities to just take the puck right back in corners. It's unbelievable. His puck control is something I really haven't seen much of in my in my life. So I'm uh, very curious to see how he plays when he does play again after he's only played one game so far. But the other player that's really stuck out to me is Elias Anderson. Um, I don't think he's earned the second line center spot at this point in time, but he's definitely earned a roster spot, and I, I think his development has taken a step forward, at least from what I've seen. I'm curious to see what he'll look like when the games actually matter is is where I want to be with Leas currently.
1: Yeah, Leas has been good enough where I'm stunned if he is anywhere but the third-line center spot to open the season. I I, I don't think Heedle has done anything wrong in his first two preseason games, and Heedle hasn't exactly been playing with guys I expect him, a.k.a. he hasn't been playing with Kreider and Kako. So it's, it's hard to really judge uh, what Hedl has done so far. But you're right. Leas has looked great. The guy that I've been most impressed by, dude, Adam Fox looks so fucking good.
0: He's it, just it's, ready.
1: Yeah, He's just it, NHL ready. It, it, there are still I, – I understand all the concerns that we have about, like, Adam Fox, one-on-one defender. Um, will he be able to uh, make up for whatever defensive deficiencies he has? But that dude knows where the puck is at all times. He knows he's, – he's thinking six steps ahead of everybody else in terms of some of his passing and his zone exits. He's, he's so fun to watch. And it is we, – we talk about this with, um, with Vince when he comes on. Uh, the chemistry that he's already developing with Lieber Hayek, I think – Hi, Jack. It's, it's some of – it might – I don't want to say it's the most important storyline thus far in camp. It's it, but it's calmed my nerves about their viability as a NHL pairing, both as rookies. I think I, I, I don't expect them to be world beaters, but both of them have been playing incredibly well, all things considered, uh, dude, it's just Adam Fox I, I, I literally there was one point. I know you didn't watch the game on Saturday. you had I, I, I did uh, you, not. yeah, you had business do. it's fine. you missed fucking nothing. Uh, the only highlight from the game from a Ranger perspective was just some of the fucking passes Adam Fox was making. It's just I, – I get he went to hard, Harvard, so this fucker thinks 17 times more efficiently than I ever will in my entire life. But <laughs> god damn. Yeah, I, I don't know sees- why, but the
0: gif of Zach Galifianakis doing no, that. No, that's what I'm
1: saying. Like that guy <laughs> sees math equations when he gets ready to fucking make a pass. He's like fucking X times sine we don't math. Seven Tangent. Over. Fucking, cosine. Invisible. Yeah, feet. Pucks. Imaginary. Movement. Algebra. Yeah, that, that dude does calculus at a rate that I do, like, sleep. Gambling bets. No, because I'm not good at those. Yeah, so it has to be something I'm good at. I'm pretty good at sleeping.
0: That's true. You are. Okay, there we go. Um, other than that, my big takeaway from the preseason is that it doesn't matter.
1: At it all. really doesn't the rangers are yet to play a full like
0: how much actual squad haley,
1: yeah how much fucking michael haley have we seen so far this this camp like you really want me to react to what the rangers are doing because michael haley has fought three times already i, I will say um our, our rabbi greg uh rabbi mckegg he's 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 looked good he's is it wait good. hold on
0: we're we calling him rabbi greg mckegg
1: i mean i'm going to
0: okay sure
1: i don't even think he's jewish there's I don't no think he, he is at, at all. I don't, there's no way he is because um, he would be the first Jew in history to have, um, McKegg like, as his yeah, last no, name? Just, the, I don't, I don't think there's ever been a Jew with MC. Uh, I, I'll have to, I'll have to consult the books after this. I'm podcast, excited so. to
0: get a tweet from the one person who's Jew. All right. Jew or to not like com. Okay. Uh, so what <laughs> a throwback not, to an old episode.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not quite there yet, but, uh, He's a good, man. I, I don't. We we talked with Vince about the the numbers crunch, and honestly, I, this goes beyond McKeg. I didn't realize until we talked with Vince, and, and we'll get there in this episode, I promise you. I didn't realize that it wasn't a slam dunk that Kravtsov might not make this team. And I didn't not this, realize that either. I thought it was just, an absolute lock. Not just not just might not make this team, but after our talk with Vince, I'm also going to be a little surprised if Kravtsov makes the team. Hmm. I'm just, still on just the think, lock think, side. Think about it. Think, about, think yeah. about it for a second. Think about it for a second. Okay. We 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 know that Quinn wants kids to earn their time, and that's fine. And I'm not saying that if Kraftsoff makes the team, he needs to be playing top nine minutes on a nightly basis. But we also know one of these four guys would have to not be on the ice in order for Kravtsov to be on the ice. Ryan Strom, I'm sure no Ranger fan would have a hard problem putting him on the bench – for Krafshoff, but you'd still have to do it. Vlad Nemesnikov, Brendan Lemieux, or Jesper Fast. That those are the four bottom six wingers that the Rangers would probably like to run out on opening night. In order for Krafshoff to be in the lineup, one of them has to be out of the lineup. And I personally would just rather Kraftsoff play every night. And if it's in, the, if it's in New York, great. Let's do it. Let's cook. Let's see what the kid can do. But if if he's got to go to Hartford to play every night. I want Vitaly playing every fucking night, and if he plays every night with Rabbi McKegg on the top line, cool, great. I, I think that'll help. That uh, an, a Hartford line with McKeg and Phil DiGiuseppe will help Krasov just as much as him playing with fucking Brandon Lemieux.
0: Ah, uh, I I think those are he those are two
1: me. those are two guys who have NHL experience who can play NHL hockey. As, and soon I think as, if I, I as soon as I want, as as possible, Kraftsoff
0: would will be up if he does get sit down. I believe it will be ten. Well,
1: 10. first sign, first sign of injury, he's up, right? First, uh, absolutely. first extended absence, Kraftsoff comes up. First injury that doesn't require just inserting Booneev into in the lineup for a couple games. It's. Kravtsov I'm
0: still him. under the impression that he will make the team, but I guess we
1: will. It's see. not. A, you're. I, I get why you're under that impression, but I, I. I guess before today, I didn't realize how in question it was. And it seems like I didn't, it's significantly a question.
0: Which is strange that it's not a bigger story. But then we'll just listen to the interview. Okay, let's do some five-star questions, and then we'll get to our two interviews today. Sure. Um, this five-star question is from uh, two weeks ago because it was before the live show, which uh, just to speak of the live show, sorry about the original audio. We did our best to fix it, and I heard it was pretty good afterwards. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. All right, five-star question. Uh, hey, guys, been killing it with the interviews. Thank you. Jillian's insight on the KHL, especially the China portion, was awesome. Two questions for you guys. One, how's Meg?
1: <laughs> uh, she just celebrated her birthday. She seems to be doing fine.
0: That's good. Glad to... that's our next Meg update for the week. Yeah. Uh, number two is uh, born, I...
1: born on born on September 11th. Everything about Meg oh. just speaks perfectly into my life. My I, I gotta uh, tell
0: you, one of my coworkers was also born on September 11th, and every single year on September 10th, he goes, he posts on Facebook, he goes, you know what tomorrow is. <laughs>
1: Oh no! <laughs> oh my god! Oh no! <laughs> and anyone, everyone yells at him. He, he just goes, "It's my birthday. yeah," and, and dessert <laughs> too. That's fucked <laughs> yeah,
0: up. It is, but um, that makes
1: perfect sense that that is your friend that does that.
0: Yeah, I've read several articles about the NHL and its push to introduce new technologies into the game of hockey. What new technologies do you see being implemented in the near future? And what new technologies would you like to be seeing see add to the game of hockey? I would love if there was some sort of form of helmet slash visor camera to watch the games from a player's perspective.
1: Mm. Uh, I don't, I don't want the glowing puck back. (laughs) No, you don't. I Uh, I don't, I don't know about like viewer entertainment in terms in that. I, I think the NHL we're, we're, I just want player tracking data just because it's, it's, we, the eye test can only help you so much, right? Like we, we, we can watch the game as closely as possible, but for the majority of the time, we're, we're all just watching the puck. So I, I just, I want to better digest information about how players react without the puck and their tendencies that way. So I feel like, and I know there are ways we do that now and that we're getting better at it each and every day. Um, but just put a fucking chip in a guy's skate so we can see like the fucking the fucking spaghetti plot of how a guy skates during one shift. It would just be fascinating to me.
0: For me, uh, it's something that would never happen is that I, I do like the mic'd up goalies and I do like mic up, mic'd up people on the ice, but the league will never let that happen for very obvious reasons like unbelievably obvious reasons. So well, they,
1: I think I do, yeah. do some like the players now. It's just like, we'll never get yeah. the version of it. You'll never
0: get the fun stuff. And yeah. I, I would like to have referee cam with uh, the audio is off. I think that would be sweet. That's my I other. Think, I uh, think we,
1: we've we've gotten referee cam a couple times. We
0: have, but it's, it's, they never stick it around. It's only for a few games. Uh,
1: uh, uh, the question, the questionnaire did mention Jillian. Is F- uh,
0: FBI 2.0, uh, who's a frequent five-star, five-star
1: questioner. Sh- shouts to him. Shouts to Jillian. But bringing up Jillian just reminds me, I did want to say, because we haven't said his name at all during the two interviews we've done and the, the 10, 15 minutes we did before this, uh, Igor is going to have no problems. He's good, man. He's, He's good. Really man. good. He's gonna, he should start in Hartford, but that that kid, is good. He's good. He's good.
0: Next five-star question heart. comes from Baconator369, one more time. Uh, this is also a frequent five star questioner. Uh, it says, "Hey guys, love the pod. I've got a question for Ryan. Do you wear the pope costume while recording? Thanks. It's the capope. Thank you, capope. Uh, and uh to answer that, you do not want to know what I wear when I record. Okay. Next question. Uh, th- well, don't this wear is, much. That's that's why I said it. Um Why this is this is from Johnny D seventy five. Why is everyone so mad? The Rangers still have Stroman domestic off." I know it's a cap hit, but Nemestikov's particular ha- particularly has versatility. These guys bring experience and can provide some stability when you look at all the youth we have, like for example, Krabstop Kako, Heedle, et cetera. There's he mentions a bunch more names. And both these guys, including Kreider, will likely be moved before the end of the season, so we continue to build. At least they'll be around for half a season while the kids marinate. Like why is every he's pretty much asking why is everyone upset that they're still around? The reason that they're oh. upset is because because Strom could have been bought out, but we didn't have the foresight, and we didn't know that would be, uh, would be signed by the Rangers.
1: Well, I, part of it is what we just talked about, how one of those guys is likely to keep Vitaly Kravtsov from having a significant role in the New York Rangers next season, which some will view as not the end of the world, and they're probably right in viewing that way. But others just want to see the kids play. So if you're going to be – a reason why the kid isn't playing, people are going to be upset about that. Um, the other, this this is more to Strom than it is Mesnikov. is Strom has become this figurehead of, again, another player that is like stats versus eye test category, where anyone who looks at any kind of advanced metric understands that Ryan Strom scored at a shooting percentage that is both unsustainable and 22 baby and unlikely to ever be repeated not not just because it was Ryan Strom who did it it's just look at all the great goal scorers in NHL history 22 and a half percent shooting percentage is an absurdity it is an oddity it is an anomaly it's not going to happen again so a lot of people were hoping the rangers would cash high on that value and trick some team into thinking like, oh, maybe he's finally figured something out. Like they tricked another team with Neil Pionk. And Ryan Spooner. Forget yes. it's, just, it's like the, the Rangers have done very well at tricking people into things. Um, so I, I think hesitations and gripes about Strom come from there. And then when it comes to Domestikov, I, I think gripes come from a lot of us thought we were going to get something of value in trade for Vlad Domestikov and we've talked ourselves into it there were teams interested at last year's deadline there seemed to have been interest last summer going into the draft it's frustration with the mestikov comes from the fact that for the longest time uh, you and me and a bunch of other people have been telling people like don't worry there's a trade coming and we're now about to enter year full year 2 of vlad domesticoff, no trade has came so it's it's frustration i think that it's almost like we've promised people that something good on the trade front is going to happen with Vlad Nemesnikov. And now they're, instead of being angry at us, they're just angry at Nemesnikov. And maybe you should just be angry at us because we are 100% the ones that have said the Rangers could have this asset and turn it into more assets. And for one reason or another, they haven't done it. So I, it's, it's threefold, right? It's you're blocking a kid. For Strom, it's that we, we're just, we know he's going to regress. And for Nemestikov, it's that we were expecting to get something of value for him in return, and we haven't done it. And I think that's – that's I, I would be stunned if there were frustrations coming that were beyond those three things.
0: Before we get to our Twitter questions that I asked for this morning, that we have a couple to run down, uh, I want to thank our sponsor. And what? also Gregory, if you could just open up your DMs so I can send you this tick pick. Oh, my God. TickPick is the go-to marketplace for all Ranger tickets. Did you know that? I didn't know. I'm Did opening you? up my deals. I don't know. Right? Who knows? You Thank you so much. Hold on. Let me just take this. Pick? Okay. I sent mm-hmm. you the TickPick. Uh, TickPick has the best deals. as you, And you know they don't have additional service fees. You know that, right, Greg?
1: I think you do. I do know that. TickPick has I'm a – h- You didn't send me a message,
0: though. Oh, Hold on. It's still sending. It's a really big file. I know. It sounds weird coming from me. Um Tickpick has a is a one hundred percent verified tickets for any sport, concert, or a theater show. Ranger games, by the way, mm. save ten to fifteen percent on every ticket order. And you could use for your first purchase, you could use code or promo code Blue Shirts. You get ten dollars off any purchase over a hundred dollars.
1: Over ninety nine dollars. Save that extra dollar. Oh,
0: oh so so number! It,
1: when you think of it that way, it's like eleven dollars off. Holy shit! Of
0: uh, And you can buy tickets today for the opening game where you can meet Gregory and I, hopefully, and I will be in attire and take a picture with me and I'll call you a psychopath because I am one too.
1: All right. Okay, uh, we'll see you guys psychopath. there. I'm starting to think you haven't sent me anything and now I'm actually offended about it. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> Why would Let's you tell to me it. to open my DMs if you weren't going to send me anything? Because uh, I was sending you a, a take pic, bro. Whatever. i not going
0: to go over this. Um. Let's go quickly go over some Twitter questions uh, like that, and we'll see. get to what our interview questions. Yeah.
1: You were basically uh-huh. yes. funny and I did, I, I, was. I was thinking you were actually just,
0: uh, Actually know. doing something? Yeah, I thought, uh, you
1: were, I thought you were sending me something to say and you didn't. No, maybe.
0: Tyler, who's our good dear I friend, think- asks, uh, who impressed you the most so far at camp that you weren't expecting to impress you? Uh, I was kind of exp- expecting. Let's keep these short, by the way. Let's, uh. Yep. I was expecting Greg McKay to impress me, so I'm not really impressed by that. But to me, it was Leas Anderson, which we kind of already talked about.
1: You, Greg? Uh, for, for, we, I mean, we we talked about us drooling over Fox and Leas. Uh, I, I will say that I'm most encouraged by the performance of Lieber Hayek because I Hijack was the guy I wanted to win third-pairing left-handed defenseman role. But there were reservations about whether he could. Uh, he has put all those to bed for me, I, I think. That guy has earned himself an opening night spot.
0: This is from Andre the Giant, but it's written in lit speak. Leet uh, speak. What is the breaking point for Ruff? Uh, I'm just going to keep it that way. Uh, he should be fired. He ends it with he should be fired into the sun. And while you may be right, Andre the Giant, uh, there will there will come a time for Lindy Ruff. I believe he will be fired mid season as a scapegoat. That's just where I'm I'm sort of sitting.
1: I don't. I, I think he's the guy that goes quietly into the night next summer. If he hasn't – the Rangers clearly don't think there's a problem with him uh, or they think he has some kind of mentorship role to continue to play with David Quinn. One way or the other, he's here for the whole season uh, unless he wants to leave under his own accord. But he's a guy that will go quietly into the night next summer. If, Michael, if even then.
0: Michael Perino asks, uh, pretty much we agree that Kreider uh, and other players vet and Strelm aren't long-term options. When do you expect these? when do you expect these to be traded? And what type of assets you're expecting for them to be traded for? I think with Vlad and Strom, anything better than a third round pick is a value at this point. If you get a second, I'd be very happy. Uh, especially with next year's draft, and Kreider, I'd like a first. And I think that's what what Gordon is looking for.
1: Yeah, and I, I maybe one of Nemestikov and Strom get traded before the deadline. I'd be surprised if both do. Uh, I expect. Whichever one of those two still remains and Crier would be traded at the deadline.
0: Greg, we both went to Europe together, and I kind of forget this. Did we go to oh. Germany?
1: No, you I did went not, right? Germany. I way. I know I
0: went to Germany. Um, Lou Lou asked the question. Lou, who is our staunch defender, by the way, are, are there are there any stories that could be shared on the pod involving uh, Greg running loose on the Reaper Bond? I don't know what that is. While well, you guys were in Germany, we were in Germany together, and we were in Amsterdam together.
1: You uh, um, we were in Amsterdam. I don't remember running loose in Amsterdam, though. I was.
0: I knew where to find you at all times. Let's put
1: it. That yeah, way. Uh, I will say the uh, a funny Amsterdam story. Um, I won't name names. <laughs> but there was there was I, I actually thought for a second about naming names. Can so we
0: not, just be careful for a second? Yeah. I'm,
1: no, I'm not. I'm actually <laughs> not going to name names. But uh, okay, two of my close friends and I, I did go you. to the red light district, and mm-hmm. um, one of us my my really good friend who let's say his name rhymes nope. with let, let's say he's from a very prominent us city that it, you and i call him most times sure. um he and i were experienced vets when it comes to this sort of thing my other friend was definitely all about it wanted to do it but was a little bit more apprehensive yes. uh and he was oh he was my getting, god he was <laughs> getting cold <laughs>
2: feet he was getting cold
1: feet I um, so cool. i mean oh cool shit uh, bleep that out. What the fuck, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a very common name. It. No one will know who I'm talking about. It's fine. I'm going to bleep it out. I legitimately will bleep it uh, out. Uh, I, I didn't do that on purpose. Anyway, I, okay. Um, he, he and I were walking around, <laughs> <laughs> we were walking, we were walking around with, with our third friend and we said, let's go in. We'll, we'll make sure you get in. All right. You'll be fine. Uh, and it basically, it. The, the, the picture that I'm trying to paint for you just, guys. Is, ju- can I just to... end it for you? No, no, I, okay. I got it. I'm, 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 bringing it home. Uh, okay. The picture, I mean, it was like two dads watching their son go to the, his first day of school, except the two dads were two degenerates who were high and drunk, and the son was a guy who we were shooing to go have sex I'll with just, a woman of the night.
0: I'll end it the appropriate way. There were mirrors on the ceiling. Um, oh, so, no, no, no.
1: This different story. You're thinking – Oh, you're I, thinking don't, the night I don't even go there. Never mind. You're um, thinking the night before. No, this is – because that wasn't at the Red Light District when that happened. That's correct. This was, well, this he, was the three of us. He just – We need to get he off was this topic. Yeah. He's getting <laughs> confused about looking at naked women in, in windows. And we're like, you're just going to have to go for it, man. They charged them extra to change positions.
0: Okay. Um, I don't know about I do know. That's confirmed. Uh, Frank asks, will you be at MSG opening night? You betcha, baby. I'll uh, be with all our friends. I, I will be we'll be there with TickPick, I believe, uh, and also Greg will be there with me. And I gotta also see if we can get Ian to go because Ian's gonna try and film the mass outside MSG, which I'm uh, I'm wondering if it's going to happen at opening night anymore. But I'll explain that later Excuse at the you. end of the podcast. But
1: no, look, for many reasons. We'll, we'll go over. This thing, when, when when I say the mass, I'm not expecting like we have to be oh, outside MSG. We're just doing something.
0: Like. Yeah, that's lock it up. But there there might be a bigger event coming. That we'll get to at the end of the podcast. Uh, Yeah. Um, Ivan, you ask, love the podcast. Listening now for over two years. Wow, Ivan, what's wrong with you, man? My question is, with the Rangers going 0-3 and the defense looking questionable, do you think the poor preseason is something to be worried about? Nope. Are you you just happy with the youngsters getting ice time? I am. Uh, He also asks, have any of these games changed your view on the upcoming season? No. That was simple. I think you agree with all those things.
1: Yes, uh, you want to know what the New York Giants did in the preseason? Yes, tell me. They went undefeated. Okay, uh,
0: Richard: Col- Colin, Colin, uh, do you think the Rangers would be better off making the playoffs and getting crushed in round one, or not being close but getting a top ten pick? Give me that top ten pick, that sweet, sweet top tenner in this next draft, and then let's load up and run. That's where I'm at.
1: Um, I just want to be entertained.
0: Yeah, I want to. I want to have a lot of fun. I want to lose a lot of five four games. That's where I'm at.
1: Um, I don't want to. I don't want to give up five goals.
0: I, I would like. Of- I would like the children, and the Lord and Savior to develop appropriately. Yes, thank. You. That's that is my goal. All right, let's go to our first interview with Vince. I say later on with Sean that this is our first interview. I lied. We're putting Vince first, and then Sean. We're going to talk about Jandarati's retirement with him, uh, and obviously, G was an absolute warrior which everyone called him a warrior, by the way. Everybody, uh, with, uh, without conferring with each other, was just like, he's a warrior. And everyone agreed and nodded. We'll be talking about Girardi with Sean, who covered uh, Girardi very extensively for many years. All right, let's go to that right now. Transition. Hey, we're back with our good friend Vince Mercogliano. He is a beat writer for the New York Rangers and works for USA Today. Vinny, say hello.
3: Hello, everyone. How we doing,
1: boys? We staying out of trouble this weekend?
0: Uh, you know, not this, really. This, I,
1: this no. This weekend, yes. Uh, last weekend, hard no. Hard I
0: hard had hard a no. I had a lot of pictures taken with me in a in a, my attire at MSG this week. I waved at you. Yeah, I was going to say. More importantly, did you stay out of trouble on Wednesday night? Uh, I did my best. Uh, I will. I was shocked how many people knew who I was. Not to brag. Hashtag not to brag, but it was it brag. was very. Very strange. I hate, uh, a, I hate the cool this time. so much. Yeah, you're going to love the rest of the, the podcast, Gregory. All right. Let's, um, let's just get right into a camp of Vin. I got to tell you, you've been absolutely, I, I've said this to you privately and I'll say it publicly again. You've been killing the beat writing game. Um, if you were not following Vincent on, on Twitter, you're doing yourself a disservice because not only are you getting media, like live practice shots, but you're getting a lot of little nuggets and, uh, great interview questions too. So what's sort of been like your highlight from the, the preseason or the camp so far?
3: Ah, oh, it's it's all been really cool. I mean, it, it's been fun. It's been a lot. I've been there. I t- they're actually off today. They were thinking about practicing today, but I don't know if you guys heard Quinn after uh, the Flyers game last night. He was kind of saying he thought maybe the players are getting a little run hey, down because they they went like uh, I don't know seven or eight days in a row without a day off to start camp. So it, it, it's been a lot, but it's been it's been fun. Uh, I mean, highlight, I guess probably I wrote about this uh, for our Sunday story this weekend. So I would encourage everyone to check that out if you haven't seen it yet. But um, Wednesday, they had their opening preseason game. But they also, on most game days, they have a morning skate. So I went to the morning skate just to kind of get a feel for what the morning skates are going to be all about during the season. Hung out for practice. Uh, I was talking to some of the PR people. And I mentioned that, you know, I was hoping to do a story on Hank at some point during the week. And they had mentioned, well, if if you can afford to stick around and still find a way to get to MSG on time for the game, you know he's going to practice and then he'll probably be hanging out afterwards. So I was like the only person that stuck around towards the end of practice, and I get a chance to walk into the locker room after the uh, the, the group that wasn't playing that night was done, and Hank is just sitting there all alone. Uh, and he was really gracious with his time. You know, we hung out for like ten fifteen minutes, got to ask him all the questions I had on my mind. Uh, Joked with him that he's the only guy on the team who's older than me, um, and it was it was just really cool. And he was very open and candid. Uh, you know, one of those guys who kind of just gets it when you when you ask him questions. He's not really trying to hide anything, and he just kind of goes. You ask him one question, and he'll talk for a minute or so. And it was it was a cool conversation, and and that's what I wrote about actually for my latest story. So that that was definitely one moment that stood out.
0: I saw the headline quote for that was which was um, and correct me if I'm wrong. It's not that I'm getting older. It's just that I didn't enjoy the game, mostly because we weren't winning as much.
3: Is that the? Yeah, that, I mean, that, not, that, not that, the exact it,
0: quote, but that's like the paraphrased version. No,
3: I mean, he was pretty open about the fact that that he felt he felt down at the end of last year. Uh, he had gone through two trade deadlines in a row where they were selling off guys that he had played with for a long time, and he had had a reasonable amount of success with. Uh, and I think it really wore on him in the second half of last season. I mean, if you look at the numbers too, you know, his first half was actually pretty solid. His second half is when the goals against average goes up and uh, he he really seemed to be struggling. And he said that he didn't feel like it was a physical thing, an age thing. He he just felt like mentally it was wearing on him that, you know, they were out of it. They were losing a lot. And uh, that was something that he felt like he needed to kind of take the summer to get away from the game for a little bit. He said he went to Sweden for three months and really just spent time with family and friends and like, tried not to think much about hockey, but then as he was getting the news from back home about all the moves that the team was making, it kind of gave him this sense, like a familiar feeling that, okay, we're we're going for it again. You know, all those years where they were constantly adding players and doing what they could to chase a cup. He's starting to feel like that is back in the building now. Uh, So I, I think he really seemed to me to feel excited about the possibility of playing with this team. He kept acknowledging that it's a really young team and you know that he doesn't know exactly what their goals could or should be for the season yet, but that he definitely thinks the team has improved, and that it makes him feel really good to kind of feel like they're they're going for it again instead of getting rid of players.
0: Did he also spend all the time he had doing crunches because he's absolutely shredded? Like I saw, I, I saw one pi- I saw one picture of him. I was like, holy shit, what the hell is happening here? He's like, no, out he, of his yeah, mind he, he
3: spent the whole time taking his gear off. I, I, it is such a process to get all that gear off. So like, the first five minutes or so we were just talking, but then he's mm-hmm. like slowly started taking off all the tape and everything. And he wasn't even done by the time I left. So. Wow.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> it does feel like there is a sort of renaissance for the Rangers. Obviously this is, uh, everyone knows this. The rebuild is kind of it been accelerated. This year probably isn't the year they can win a cup, but it does feel like he might think, and this is me speaking for Henrik Lundqvist, so I'm very wrong. He might think that next year would be his last and final chance to win a cup with the team that has Panarin and all these youngsters that have one year experience in the league. So uh, it's good to hear that he actually is in better spirits, especially when it's going to be a long season anyway. If the defense for the preseason yeah, he, he has really anything to say spirit. about it, yeah, he, absolutely. He, he, no, he, he's he's definitely good. And even after
3: like you know the game, uh, the game that he played on Friday night against the Devils, when we were in the locker room afterwards. You know, he gave up that quick goal to Hughes. He saw so many shots. The defense obviously looked a little leaky, to say the least, on, on yes. Friday night and again last night. Um, but he didn't—he didn't seem down about it at all. He was like, "I'm glad I got to see a lot of shots." He was all smiles. So I think right
1: now he's in a good place for sure. All right. Well, let's now that now that we're talking a little bit more about preseason, I got just about a laundry list of questions for you, Vince. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be first, here, Greg. For, for, first one's the easy one. Um, actually, it's not. Hayek and Fox have looked good together. Do you think them playing together, especially since Tony D'Angelo has just resigned, is Hayek's comfortability with Fox helping them in this race for the seemingly one open spot on defense? Yeah, I don't even
3: think it's much of a race anymore. I think that's pretty much settled. Ah, With the Rykoff injury – um, you know him he's he's definitely out of the mix at this point I you know I think it's pretty much a sure thing that he'll start in the AHL uh, I think the six defensemen are set now how confident you feel about how well they're going to defend th- that's kind of a reasonable question I think honestly that is the biggest question mark for this team at this point they're, they're going to be the power play looked great the other night you know they have more firepower offensively uh, but they don't have a lot of forwards who defend and right now I think if you look at their defense as a whole the group is more known for its ability to move the puck, shoot, contribute offensively than they are to actually defend. Uh, and you know, I tweeted this the other night. You know, these games don't mean anything. I really don't want to make too much of the preseason. But if there is one takeaway right now, is that you know they're they've had some costly turnovers and the defense has not looked great. Um, and, and so Fox and Hayek, I think, are it's likely they'll play together. Uh, especially when you think about the fact that Stoll and D'Angelo spent a lot of time, uh, paired together last year. And now that D'Angelo is back in camp, I think the Rangers will probably start with those two paired. Obviously, uh, True ben Shea is the first pair. Uh, so it's kind of risky. I mean, you're going to have two rookies together. Uh, but I think that those are by far the leading candidates to, to get those top, those bottom, um, or those final two, uh, spots on, on the defense right now.
0: Do you can I butt any... in? Can I butt in?
1: You can butt in, yeah. Ryan.
0: Uh, is uh, actually it's it's it's, t- it's totally not related to this defensive pairing. So if you have another question about them, I don't want to step I on just, the toes here. Well, the, the
1: the next one I had for you was: Is there any concern Tony D'Angelo will not be ready for opening night?
3: I I don't think so. Uh, he's not gonna practice right away. He's got to go through the physicals and the on ice testing and all that. Uh, like I said, they're off today, Sunday, tomorrow, Monday. They'll be practicing again. I'm assuming we'll get our first chance to talk to him. He he wasn't in the facility uh, when when the news came out about him signing on Friday. I'm losing track of my days now. Uh, it was Friday. Yeah, it was Friday. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think you know he's got he's got. But so if, let's say that he's on the ice tomorrow for some testing, uh, maybe practicing by Tuesday. That gives him more than a week to get ready. Uh, I I think they'll run him out there. I mean, the other thing is what you know what other option do they have if they're not gonna if they're not gonna use him? I guess they use Brandon Smith possibly. Um, but I, my gut tells me he'll be ready. Obviously, that's a question that I'll ask tomorrow, though.
0: My question is this, uh, and you probably know this one's coming. What is the news or the update on Greg McKay being fourth line center? And, and are you upset that his father unfollowed us on Twitter?
3: I, I was not aware of the latter. Uh, <laughs> I do think so. I, I will tell you guys this. I was going to bring this up. I mean, Every time he comes up, and sometimes he's not even brought up, uh, Quinn really seems to like him. Uh, I, I think uh, the, the defense, we talked about that. I mean, the defensive roles are settled. I think the defense as a whole is a question mark, but I think that we know who's going to play. Uh, the, the, the last couple forward spots are really interesting to me right now, and I think that that is like the training camp battle that I'm going to be watching closest in this final week and a half or so at training camp. Um, Quinn really seems to like McKeg. He's also uh, mentioned Bounyevas a, a few times as somebody who he thinks is having a good camp, uh, and I think that those guys are probably more ideal candidates for somebody who is going to be like that extra forward who's not going to dress every night, but the Rangers don't really feel like they need them to play every night to continue their development. They, you know they kind of know what they are; they're dependable enough to where you can slot them in if you need to, but if you don't play them, it's not a big deal. Um, but then you know the, the real question is Vitali Krotsov, who I, I think everybody wants to see on this team. And we know that the talent is there, especially the offensive skills. But if you look at the bottom six forwards right now, uh, Nemesnikov, Strom, um, Jesper Fast, and uh, who am I forgetting? There's I mean, one. Oh, d- forget- no, no, the, uh, there's... Um, Brendan Lemieux. Oh, man. Brendan Lemieux, that's what I'm forgetting. Brendan Lemieux. Those four are probably the wingers on the bottom six. So if you're going to play Kratsov – and, again, Kratsov is one of those guys who I think if you're going to have him on the team, you want to play him. You don't want to put him on the team to have him as a healthy scratch every night. He's young. He needs to play. He needs to continue his development. So that's kind of the interesting question for me right now is, are you going to keep Kratsov and send McKaig, Nieves, someone like that down? And then if Kratsov is on the team, which guy is most likely not playing every night? So right now it's almost like they have one too many forwards. and I also think, and I was, I'm, I'm working on my roster projection right now. This, this podcast comes out on Monday. Uh, t- Monday night, yes, Monday night. Yeah. So th- by the time the, the podcast is out, my pro- my projection will be out there. I I'm starting to think it's more and more likely, especially given the salary cap situation, that the Rangers don't carry 23. I think they're going to carry more likely 22 players, so only one extra forward, one extra defenseman. So there's a mm. lot of variables right now when you're looking at those final few spots on the
1: roster. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you, I'm gonna put you on the spot then, because I want to see if, if your final two are different than me. Uh, who do you think the 13th forward is? Who do you think the seventh defenseman is right now? Uh, I'll start with the defense. I think
3: the seventh defense defenseman is probably Brendan Smith. Um, hmm. you know, listen, they could save a little bit of money by sending him to the minors but it's not really that much money when you factor in having to bring someone else up. Like they save a little over 1 million by sending him down, but then any player that they're going to bring up in his place is going to cost them at least 700,000. So, I mean, maybe by sending him down, they could save like 300,000, but that's not going to make or break them. I don't think Um, it's an option. I mean, it could happen. And I will say that Ryan Lindgren is somebody that, uh, that Quinn keeps talking highly of, and I think that if it's not Smith as a seventh forward, as a seventh forward, it's probably Lindgren. Um, but right now i'm leaning towards Smith, especially because Quinn keeps talking about him as a swing man he he didn't even want to really put him in the defensive category to begin camp. He was saying he said that he's had extensive conversations with Smith about you know sometimes using him on defense, sometimes using him as a forward. So I think that versatility, him being a veteran. They don't mind giving you know giving him a healthy scratch most nights. I feel like Smith is probably the seventh defenseman, and then the forwards, the thirteenth forward, I, you know I, I think the guys who make the most sense to have on the team, um, I mean, I think Howden and Anderson are probably strong best to make the team. I wasn't positive about Anderson coming into the into the camp, but he's looked pretty good. Quinn has spoken really highly of him. I, I think he's kind of earning his spot right now. There's still a week and a half to go. But right now, I, I think all three of the young centers that we've talked about, Howden, Anderson, and Hedl, are going to be on the team. And like I said, that, so if those are your centers behind the Benajad, then for those last two lines, the wingers you're looking at are Lemieux, Fost, Krotzoff, Nemesnikov, and Strom. And I think that they'll probably keep those five and maybe cycle them around, like give a different guy the night off for each game, keep them fresh. Um, but I, I, in that scenario, I don't think that there would be one guy that's necessarily, you know, the healthy scratch every single night. I think in that scenario, they would probably cycle it around.
1: I guess I, I didn't think of it as much until you brought it up because I've, I've long been in the thought that Brandon Smith is getting buried. There's no other way about it. But if the Rangers are going to run out, a 22-man roster as opposed to a 23-man roster, all of a sudden, Brendan Smith becomes even more valuable because he's the only guy on the team that can do both. He might not yeah. be able to do both well, but he can do both. He can do both, yeah. which is suitable.
0: And he's done that – he already did, he started doing that last year already. I believe it was in six or seven games. Yeah, and
1: we've, we've – Ryan, you and I have talked about have. how it, it's become interesting value created by the Rangers to create a utility man in the NHL, something we don't see that often where he he's a guy he, – you don't feel great about him playing bottom pairing defensive minutes, but it's also not the end of the world, and you don't feel great about him playing fourth line winger minutes, but it's also not the end of the world, and you could almost run out a three man penalty kill unit if he's one of your bottom four uh, bottom six wingers. So, yeah, I guess I guess I maybe Brendan Smith's tenure in New York is more firm than I gave him credit for.
0: I will say watching Brendan Smith live on the first night of the preseason was uh, abhorrent, and he got absolutely smoked on a breakaway. Uh, where it was an embarrassing moment for him. So I hope he
1: I don't think that's – I still I, – and Vince, Vince can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't blame Smith for that breakaway. That one was solely on Brendan Crawley's turnover in the neutral zone before that.
0: Uh, fair, but uh, he still got, like, totally dismantled. Like, absolutely couldn't handle the guy. I actually forgot who did the, the breakaway. I think it was Gusev or it was somebody else.
1: No, it was – it was uh, I think it was one of the Jespers. Oh,
0: oh, classic Gaspers. All right, let's yeah, get back to this
3: uh, we'll uh, again. The thing, the, the the thing to remember if Smith does make the roster is that the idea wouldn't be to play him every night. The idea right, would be right. that if you're going to go with 22 instead of 23, he gives you versatility. Uh and, and again, Quinn has mentioned that more than you know a few different times that I can remember in this camp. So th- that's just my line of thinking. And, and I looked at the numbers a little bit yesterday because I'm starting, like I said, I'm starting to play around with writing uh, this projection. If they go with 23, I think that my guess for the 14th forward would probably be McKaig because of how much Quinn seems to like him, and and he also does bring some some versatility. Um, It would be probably McKaig or Nieves, but I I would probably lean towards McKaig. But if they do that, if they carry a 23-man roster with McKaig and everybody else that we talked about, Krotoff and all those guys, that leaves them with about $10,000 in cap space.
1: They're like literally
3: 10,000 under that's no wiggle room at all. And now could they do it? I guess technically they could because they would technically be under the cap, but I think that's playing with fire a little bit. So if they carry 22 and don't have McKaig on the roster, then it leaves them with more like, I think it's, I have 760,000 in cap space. So about three quarters of a million. Um, so that's a little bit more wiggle room. Um, Listen, they can make it, you know, with, now that they have um, D'Angelo under contract for the number that we know, the 925, they could get away with 23 with a guy like McKagan, just barely be a smidge under the cap. But I don't know if they're going to want to do that. And I did ask early in camp a couple different people with the Rangers, you know, is it a necessity to carry 23? And I was told no. They could go as low as 20 if they wanted to, technically. I don't think, you know, they're going to do that. I think 22 is probably the number that I've owned in on at this point.
1: Do you well, find it interesting – we we had a brief exchange on Twitter about this earlier this week. Do you find it interesting that Brandon Lemieux, through three preseason games, has not suited up yet? Slightly. Um, I mean, he's practiced.
3: He hasn't missed any practice, and he hasn't been in that red no-contact jersey that we saw a guy like Sean Day in. Um, so he's been practicing. He's been hitting. He's looked fine out there. Maybe, and this is just speculation, maybe, you know, what happened with Panarin on the first night is making the Rangers feel like if there's anybody who maybe doesn't feel 100% for whatever minor reason, they're just going to take it slow with them. Uh, You know, he came up the other day uh, on Friday when we were at the practice facility because the roster for Friday night's game against the Devils had come out and he wasn't on it. So he was like the only player who had, you know, wasn't scheduled to play in the game yet. And Quinn was asked if he was going to play Saturday, and he said, probably, but let's see how he feels tomorrow. I think I tweeted back at you and said, you know, I followed it up and said, is everything okay with him? And Quinn just kind of brushed it up like, yeah, he's fine. Um, So, you know, obviously it's something that I'm sure we're going to ask about Monday once we get back into practice. uh, But I I think he's fine. If, If something was seriously wrong, he wouldn't be out there practicing.
0: I wouldn't be me if unless I asked this. Uh, obviously everyone was very concerned about my, uh, Lord and Savior Capo health during, after even sort of limping off the first preseason game. How has he looked in practice afterwards? He looks fine. I mean, he looks like his normal self. Uh, he's so fun to watch. He's so
3: creative with the puck. He just like, rubbing my hands. He just has such a knack for making the right pass. Um, that's one of the things that's really stood out is, uh, you know, obviously he's capable of scoring but he just when he has the puck on his stick and and Chris Kreider was talking about this a little bit the other night Chris I mean Chris Carter knows, knows a lot more about this than, than me but he was talking about how close he keeps it to his toes which makes it tougher for defenders to get it away from him and he just he just always seems to have this calmness about him on the ice and he, he he's always looking for that next pass and and just always seems to kind of be thinking ahead uh, and, I mean, for a guy his age, it, it's pretty neat to see that. But I, I think he's fine. I was sitting in the press box, obviously, watching the game live. I didn't see him limping. I guess people saw that on TV because my Twitter mentions were, like, people were going crazy.
1: Yeah. Uh, but,
3: I spoke you know, w- there was a big scrum of reporters. I was among them that spoke to him after the game. No injury came up. I didn't even think to ask him it because I didn't see him limping. Um, And uh, no, nobody else did as well. And he was out there practicing the next day, so I really don't think it's a, it's a concern. I mean, he didn't play Saturday night. You can read into that what you will, but I- I'm pretty sure that that we'll see him again this preseason. I even think we'll probably see Panarin in at least one more uh, preseason game. Now that we know that he got back to practicing yesterday,
1: they both How seem fine. It's just man. tentative stuff. How fun has preseason Twitter been for you, Vince? <laughs> it's you. You guys are crazy. Um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's been fun i mean it's cool you know like it, it's, it's been really cool to just feel the buzz from the fans right now like obviously i mean i wasn't around last year so i don't know if maybe you guys were just as excited last year i kind of no. It. um no yeah no way
0: <laughs>
3: um but yeah it's it just it's been really cool interacting with everybody obviously i try to respond to as many as i can but sometimes it gets like it gets too much and i'm trying to you know run around to different interviews and write a bunch of different stories and all that but um it's been fun it's been really cool you can you can sense that the fan base is excited. I think they need to temper their excitement a little bit. Uh In some ways, I, I you know, I think the team has obviously
0: improved. Uh, oh, we're I'm not, not, we're even, not making the playoffs, Vince. I, I know you're covering the team.
3: I, 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 I think it's very I tough for us it to it do out, that. But I wouldn't rule the playoffs out. I think I, you know, we, we've seen in recent years, that anything, I mean, look at the Blues last year. Anything could happen, but. Um, don't tell me. <laughs> I
1: also don't, don't, do don't it.
3: think it's it's a sure thing by any stretch. Um. But it, it is also fun, like the you know the overreactions to preseason games are pretty wild. Um, You know, it, I mean, it's fans being fans, obviously. You know, I've been to I, the I Garden a lot over the, the past couple years of years. Vince,
0: that's like the loudest I've heard it for. Like, it was very, it was it was more loud the first preseason game than some of the regular season games over the past couple of years. So take that what you will.
3: Yeah, no the the Garden the Garden had a pretty cool feel to it the other night. I mean, it wasn't filled, but
1: uh, the people no, who not. were there were clearly excited to be there. Uh. In your short time on the beat, how familiar how comfortable and familiar are you already with the fans constant calling for the head of Lindy Ruff? I mean, I that Good I question. haven't paid that much attention to. Um
3: again, you know, <laughs> they seem to be overreacting to preseason. I, I I will I will fully admit that I think the defense is a concern. Um but I, I Welcome to being a Ranger can, writer. Yeah, but, but I mean, n- nobody is getting fired at this time of year, so it's just, it's kind of silly to even entertain the questions.
1: Understandable. Any other questions for our, our good friend Vid before we let him go, Greg? I just, I, I, you, you mentioned how busy you can be, so you don't have always all the time in the world to respond to everyone i just want to again remind you that it is a requirement and a law to continue to respond to us when we say anything so uh <laughs> as long as as long as you are aware of that we're going to be fine moving it's a religious oh, law and, and, and me, what happens? What what what's, what's do my, do my
3: penalty if i break the
1: law oh I I, do I, look, <laughs> I, I I grew up i grew up jewish i don't know what happens in the church when when you do things that you're not supposed to do i'm learning it just as much as you are so all i'm going to say is uh don't tempt us yeah just don't do it yeah well yeah. Well, so here's a question for you guys. Uh, oh when, no! When uh,
3: when Caco scored that, oh, that oh. double wrap around Traverse City goal, uh, did you guys get uh, some extra traffic on the church? Is there a Church of Caco site? Is there
0: a Church of Caco? churchofcaco.com
3: dot com. So did the site blow up that day?
0: Have you? It's oh, it's been blown up for a while. Anytime we get like Caco does anything or there's any Caco news, we get a lot more visits. I'll put it that way. Um, I had yeah. actually
3: I had just gotten back From vacation that morning And I was like Oh I mm-hmm. want to watch the game I turned it on And I'm glad I did Because that was uh That was pretty cool
0: my favorite quote from Kako that day was, "Yeah, I didn't play that well. Look at the stat line: three assists, game-winning goal in overtime. He really his... didn't
3: play that well for the first two periods, but then the he first really did. Period, You're he right.
0: Turned it on. Yeah, yeah. But it is, it is, it is funny for him to be like, yeah, I didn't play that well,' and I totally dominated at the same time. And then <laughs> uh, the quote of the year, which is, was my my former quote, uh, my former coach used to tell me in the do 'Don't pass the puck,' so I didn't. That's one of my. Yeah. I well, on my did, team did,
3: did you hear the story that Quinn told about him after the Wednesday night game? Uh, oh about no, how no.
1: like his his parents Oh really, everyone's
3: watching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like if you like now that I've spent a decent amount of time around him, it like it's hard to describe, but he's he's really humble and like nonchalant about everything, but he also fully understands that especially like in Finland, he's idolized by a lot of people. So he just treats it very matter of factly. And and the story that Quinn told where he was just like you know skating around trying to like you know have a little fun with him and he's like hey i'll I'll bet you all of finland's gonna be watching he just looks at him like very seriously and says probably you know (laughs) that's just that's like that's just how he is he's just like he's like humble but he also kind of knows that i can curse on this right absolutely
1: fucking a right he's 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 he's
3: humble but he knows that a lot of people think he's the
1: shit at the same time yeah Absolutely. People, people have a fucking church about him, so of course it's it me. way. Yeah, well, that, that uh. was
0: the Finland reporter. They asked him, like, oh, what do you think about having a church? And they, he was like, who else has a church? No other player has a church. He's like, yeah, that's a fact.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. V- he, Vits, he's all, a cool all I'm gonna, man. He really is. All, all I'm going to suggest, since you have this day off that you weren't expecting to have off, uh, I I encourage you to go to churchofcaco.com just to see how fucking messed up in the head Ryan and some of our <laughs> friends can be. <laughs> uh, it it will not disappoint. It'll be a it a good fifteen minutes before red zone kicks off. It,
0: it's a good it's a good five minute view viewing, and then uh you'll see our you'll see our new. Re- I'm I'm plugging right now with Uwan and I'm very sorry. Our absolutely ridiculous new merch line for opening night is coming soon. So you'll love that too.
3: All right, maybe I'll check it out like ten minutes into the Jets game once I can't watch anymore.
0: You're gonna that's make it gonna ten be- minutes into the yeah, Jets game. That that's Ooh. impressive. Really brave of you, Ben.
3: Yeah, maybe five. I don't
0: know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I well, know, thanks why, so much I don't know for coming why on. I do it to myself, but yeah. Well, you're right. talking to like the king of why does he do it to himself, right? Yeah. Now. I, not uh, me. Him.
1: No. Yeah. If you, Vince, I don't know how big of a college football fan you are, but I had one of the worst beats ever yesterday, and I'm really not happy about it. I went to Hofstra. We didn't even have a team anymore, so. Hey, the Fighting <laughs> Wayne Crabette. So You're fine, Marquis Colston. Yeah,
3: yeah. I had a beer with Wayne
1: Kerbet once. Hey. How about
3: that? Oh, Wayne. Uh, okay. Uh, is that a claim to fame?
0: Not really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Vin, why don't you plug all your stuff, and then uh, if you're not following it on Twitter, what are you doing? But Go ahead, Vin.
3: Uh Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at VZ Mercogliano. I'm not going to spell it. I think if you type VZM, uh, hopefully it'll come up. Um, we can retweet Vin then... all the
0: goddamn time. You can find him on our Twitter feed.
3: Yeah. If you go to my Twitter page, you can find the link to our landing page. You could find my stories on, on all the USA Today properties. But, uh, the, the best place to go is lohud.com, L-O-H-U-D.com slash sports slash rangers. That, that, that's where you'd be able to find all the stuff I've been doing at camp.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. You know, we're going to bother you a bunch of more times this season. So appreciate you coming on. Yeah.
3: You guys know, happy to come on whenever, especially, uh, once we get into the season, I'll probably just be like hanging out in hotel rooms in the morning. So anytime. Awesome. We'll figure it out. Thanks, man.
0: All right, guys, take care. He's out. Hey, we're back with our first guest of the day. This is Sean Harnett. He's a writer for WFAN. Uh, nobody cares about Hockey Boomer. Sean, say hello. Hey, how's everything going today? Thanks so much for coming on. Um, so I guess we'll just get this out of the way now. At our live show, we immediately said something like, "I we don't know what you do, and we want to just apologize because at the moment we didn't really know. Uh, and I invited you on the podcast through, like, our religious moments on Twitter. And I wanted to just clear that up. Like, we respect what you do and all that. I just didn't – I asked, like, legitimately if you were a beat writer or not. Am I wrong in thinking that you were a beat writer or not a beat writer?
2: Well, uh, for about nine seasons, I, I served as a beat writer. Um, for nine seasons, I was at every home game, uh some away games, cover the playoffs, practices, you name it. Uh, right now, my role changed a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have no problem clearing it up with you
1: guys and happy to join you. Yeah. That's
2: my
0: ignorance, dude.
1: Yeah. That's that's me being idiot. Yeah. It it definitely came from a place of ignorance. And it's crazy. It's like in 2019, people expect people just to go at each other's throats. And we just had an adult moment. We came together. We talked it out. And. Now we're here to talk ranger hockey and that's really what the people want at the end of the day. Hey, let's
0: get to that. Let's get to that now. Now that we've cleared up some, of us and aired things out, uh, you took, uh, well, we talked a little bit about Dan Girardi earlier in the podcast, but, um, you obviously now knowing that you did it for nine years, covered Dan Girardi pretty extensively. Um, what was your sort of reaction to
2: his retirement? Uh, I wasn't surprised. You know, when you play for 13 years in the league and you take that kind of punishment and, give your all for the team. You know, you look at guys like him and Ryan Callahan. There's only so much shelf life for guys who absorb that kind of punishment. And I think your body tells you when it's time to go. I'm sure I'm sure Dan Girardi could have stuck around and joined a team on a tryout and continued to play if you wanted to. But sometimes your body just knows when it's time to call it a day. And I think the most important thing is the long-term health and He'll look back at his years with the Rangers and his short time with the Lightning as something he can be very proud of.
1: Uh, Sean, the the interesting thing about Girardi's legacy, especially towards the end of his Ranger career, um, it seems like there, there was a weird fork in the road where you either thought Dan Girardi just wasn't good at what he does or that a coach like Elaine Vigneault was just improperly using Dan Girardi. With, with the fact that he's been away for the last two years and obviously now with, with his retirement, what? how do you characterize his last couple of years with the Rangers?
2: Well, I think what, what his last few years with the Rangers did, it, it put fans into two camps. It became like very tribal. You had these more old school thinking fans who said, you know what, Dan Girardi does something unique for the team with his Ability to be a shutdown man, and his ability to handle uh, high-pressure matchups, and his ability to be a shot blocker, and do all the little things. You know, that's, that's what his career was always about—was about doing all the little things to help the team. And then you had people who are a little bit more uh, stats-oriented and believe that between the eye test and between what the analytics are showing, they're showing that this guy has become. A third, essentially a third pairing defenseman at that stage of his career, and I happened to be in the uh, the latter of the two camps. I thought that when it got to that point, uh, Alain Vigneault kind of froze in the playoffs. You saw that uh, year where he was struggling to realize what was happening in front of him in the in the Ottawa and Montreal series, yes. where he just kept rolling. He kept rolling out the. Uh, the same pairings, and you know, not, not realizing that he had to change it up. Well, that's
0: almost having like too much trust in your guys, right? I mean, you're talking about the the Nick Holden Mark Stahl pairing. Also, he was rolling out, so his options right. were a little limited at that, at that point. So it's I listen. I'm all here to blame and LeVineau for literally everything. Hands up. I'm uh, I'm a converted hater. I was a starch defender for a few years, but mm-hmm. uh, we we yeah. Sorry, Greg. We started this podcast in 2015. So we kind of started talking about Dan Girardi towards when he went downhill, like what you're talking about. What are some of your favorite moments? I'm sure
2: you guys guys have been following the Rangers for quite some time. Uh, Do you remember a writer named Patrick Kearns? I actually,
0: just to clear some stuff up, I took a break from hockey until like 2012.
1: Uh, (laughs) I I do, though. I, I remember Pat.
2: Patrick was kind of the guy who kind of, illuminated things in a different light for me like I was someone who kind of had more of an old school approach when I first started covering the team and I feel like a lot of hockey writers kind of it took a while for them to come around to that line of thinking you know you look at even writers at traditional papers and big outlets it took them some time to come along to the stats revolution and You know, when when you combine that with your own knowledge and with the the eye test, you know we saw a player who whose career really went off a cliff in his final years with the Rangers. And you hate to say it because he was such a incredible player for a really long stretch, and a guy who would do anything for his teammates, a guy who represented the team well, a guy who, you know, if you look at where he came from and you look at that that draft year in two thousand three where he went undrafted and you look at all these guys who went in the first, second, third round. Obviously you know they're all stars, they're tremendous players for decades, but if you look at a number of players in those rounds, a lot of these guys had nothing careers in the league and Girardi goes on to play thirteen seasons, you know, gets an all star appearance out of that multiple run to the Eastern Conference Finals, the Stanley Cup Finals run. I mean, any way you slice it, he's had an incredible career.
1: Yeah. I, I think Bobby Bobby Sanguinetti deserves a little more respect than that. Um, but before
2: I want to talk about from the past name,
1: yeah, I want I do want to <laughs> talk about the good old days with Girardi. But before we get there, I just I I, I think it's been a little bit easier to digest uh, Girardi's post Ranger career just because. I do think fans came together understanding that, yes, Girardi wasn't the player that he still was, and we were all able to recognize that. The problem was the coaching staff was still running him out in a top-pairing shutdown role. And then we all of us seem, especially if it felt like Ryan and I for sure, were just yelling into the abyss saying, just play him in a more sheltered role and he'll be more effective. And that's exactly what the Tampa Bay Lightning have done the last two years. And it's it's not that Dan Girardi all of a sudden became an all-star again. It's just we weren't seeing Dan Girardi on a nightly basis get worked. And the Lightning knew that he had a shelf life, a set amount of time that he could play. Sure, it also helps that he was playing with Victor Hedberg a lot, and that guy can make me look like a competent defender. But that's tough to do. I, it's, it's real tough. Look at me. I'm, I'm a big ball of goo. Um, it it's just it, it it did seem like I don't know if fans for a for a for a large part have turned on Mark Stahl where there's nothing Mark Stahl can do that will appease their appetite for a defender. It felt like with Girardi, even at its worst, it always felt like I just wish the coaching staff would use him appropriately.
2: Well, yeah, that's the thing. And I think it exposed that Alon Vigno was a very slow to react coach in his final years with the Rangers. You want to talk about how well he did initially with the Rangers, but at the very end, you know, he was a guy who seemed like he was going to ride or die with the Mark Saul, Dan Girardi first pair. I'm sorry, I meant to say, uh, oh, God, stop. Ryan <laughs> McDonough, Dan Girardi first pairing. And, yeah. you know, he refused to break up the Holden Saul pairing. And I remember asking him in a conference call about it. And, you know, he was very like bullish about it. He he thought he knew that was the way to go and he didn't have any kind of give in it. You remember that Brady Shea and uh Brady Shea had a tremendous playoff that year and uh his uh I'm trying to remember who was his pairing then? I think was it that feels Kevin like ages still? ago. I think it was Kevin Klein at that point.
0: In two thousand 2000- he might have got injured at that point. Actually, um, was it? Was he, I think he was I, playing checking I, I, I thought it was,
2: thought it was a young no later there. on. Never mind, it's later. I think it was him and I believe they were playing just, playing. just playing checking. Just, uh, just so uh... all of oh, us, showing,
0: showing our age tremendously at nine a.m. Sunday morning. Brendan Smith. Oh,
2: it was, a it was, a was Brendan. Smith.
1: So, oh, Smith, I, it was it Brendan. I forgot Brendan. So Smith You remember when
2: when Brendan Smith came over from Detroit and he had that tremendous playoffs? That was that was the same playoffs when you had the Montreal and an Ottawa exit.
0: Um, well, that was a so,
2: $4 million a year,
0: four years playoff run for him. So good for Brandon.
2: So, but, you know, in the midst of of that playoffs, like Alon Vigneault didn't see the writing on the wall where the where the Smith and Shea pairing was outperforming everyone and deserved more minutes. And I feel like you look at that playoffs that, that exposed Alon Vigneault as being very slow to react in real time to what was going on.
0: Are you excited for him to be in Philly for the rest of this next five years, I believe?
2: I mean, I think at his best, Alain Vigneault is a great coach. I just think that sometimes, like in the moment, coaches become very stubborn and they become very set in their ways. You look at Vigneault's final years, you look at Tortorella's final years. You know, Tortorella, when he first came in with the Rangers, you know, they had a limited roster in terms of talent and his ethics and his defense first system, got the most out of it. But when you look at the evolution of the team, you know, eventually you get to the point where, you know, he's playing Marion Gabrick on a fourth line and asking him to be a shot blocker. And you think like, well, you know, Torts, you were able to be an offensive, offensive minded coach in Tampa. You know, why don't you open things up? Why don't you let Gabrick be Gabrick? So, you know, every coach kind of has a shelf life. And if they get a little bit too stuck in on, their principles, it can be something that burns them and maybe a little bit of time away from the bench will help, will help Vino and perhaps, you know, he can blend all of his best ideas and be a success in Philly. But, you know, there's not a tougher city and, uh in the league to jump into. And, you know, that fan base is very hard to please. Well, um, and
0: he stayed away from stay stay Philadelphia currently, um, if, if, he obviously stayed away from the bench last night by sitting in the skybox and avoiding the New York Rangers. Good job by him. And he also has Kevin Hayes, uh, who uh, flourished under him, of course, uh, for the next seven years. So that should be a good time for him. But let's get back to Dan
2: Girardi. Well, that, that, uh, was that, always, that was always the thing. When he came to the Rangers first, you might remember that he wasn't initially behind the bench during the preseason games. And he would watch from above and make observations from there. So I think that's just something that he does.
0: I'm trying to talk shit, Sean. <laughs> but you're being of a good reporter, I'm sorry um, Let's talk about Jan Girardi's like, good moments Or rather, moments that, not even good moments What's the moment in Dan Girardi's career that sticks out To you the most? Because I have one that is Unfair that sticks out to me the most
2: I don't know, I don't have A particular moment in all honesty I think when Girardi was as consistent as he was For a long stretch mm-hmm. and played to that level You just think of A defenseman that you know, on a nightly basis, was willing to put in that shift and lay his body on the line for the team, and you know, do all these little things in the corners. It's it's hard to pinpoint one moment. I think you just look at, back at Dan Girardi's career and say, this guy was a very good ranger, no matter how you can slice it.
0: Oh, I can't argue with you if Dan Girardi was a good ranger or not. He was I, don't, I, don't, excellent... I don't
2: think I don't think that his dip in performance and his final few years, you know, masks what he really was for this team.
0: I don't either. But unfortunately for 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 me, and I think, and maybe this is something that's wrong with me, the moment that sticks out to me in Jan Girardi's career the most are the play that I – there's a few plays in Ranger history since I've been really following the team pretty heavily again that stick out to me. Uh, and one of them is when Jan Girardi had a turnover in front of the goal in, against the Kings in the playoff series. And that's unfair that I think about Girardi like that because of how much he did for the teams. But that's what I can't get out. Like It's etched into my memory, and I can't get it out. And it's something I wish I could. When I think Dan Girardi, I think of that turnover, and I don't think about all the great things he did, such as literally blocking a million shots. Everyone says amazing things about Dan Girardi. Everyone says he's one of the best teammates, one of the funniest guys, one of the most humble guys. He has like the best chin of all time. And it, I can't get out of my head that that one turnover that I
2: felt like was a crucial play in his career. Yeah, I mean, you know, it it doesn't surprise me because, you know, I mean, look at Knicks fans. You know, Patrick Ewing, greatest Nick of all time, by a lot. A lot of people remember the finger roll. That's a lot of people will say, you know, that's that's the defining moment of his career. But you know, sports can be very uh, very unfair in that way. I mean,
1: Carlos Beltran is without a doubt one of the three greatest Mets of all time, and all anyone ever wants to talk about is him looking at strike three. So it's it's right up there. Uh, I guess, Sean, one of my last questions. He's – all these nice platitudes that we've said about Dan Girardi. Does number five go up into the rafters for Girardi?
2: I don't think so. I think he's had an extraordinary career, but I think there's a difference between, like, Harry Howell and Dan Girardi. I think, like, you look at that kind of comparable, and maybe you, you think of – uh Defenseman of, like, a different era and Girardi kind of fitting in with those guys. But, you know, I feel like Girardi will just go down as a very respected and loved Ranger uh, for 11 seasons. And uh, I think it it takes something pretty unique to go up in those rafters. Uh, Dan Girardi was a unique player in many ways and a player that, you know, when he comes back to the Garden, he'll be well-received, but, you know, you look at like had Ryan McDonough stayed with the Rangers for his entirety of his career, maybe he gets in that conversation, but kind of, uh, kind of like a tough thing to crack when you're a player to, uh, to be that good that you go up in the Raptors. Cause I feel like that should be reserved for an elite few. And the Rangers have done a good job over the years of recognizing some of the players that, you know, should have gone in sooner, like Andy Batke and, uh, John Rattel. So.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I feel like, uh, you know, Dan Girardi will always be thought of warmly, I think, by Rangers fans. And I think some fans who uh, who kind of soured on, soured on him in the final years, I think eventually, you know, you'll remember the good playoff games. You'll remember the times that he shut down Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby and Malkin. That at one time, the, the McDonough and Girardi pairing was one of the best in the league. Let's not forget that.
0: No, it absolutely was. We actually thought that going into 2015. That was one of the the prominent feelings that year. So, uh, I have a lot of respect for Dan Girardi, and I, I. But I couldn't let you go from the show without saying, uh, or asking rather, something about the preseason and asking you if there's some some, some sort of surprise that you felt so far, or has it just been the the dread of preseason games that we all have?
2: Well, I, I think dread is a good word because I think sometimes fans think the worst, like you know you watch uh capo capo and uh I got and, sorry capo capo did i say did i say it the other way around
0: no i just said Frisbee, so let's keep going
2: <laughs> <laughs> um no uh, well you look at a uh, capo capo and fans get extremely excited you know he comes out of the gate and they're all excited to see him and he puts in a great performance and i think that's the thing is that you can get carried away in both directions you can get super excited about someone new coming to the team, him and Panarin, you know, that can, that can raise expectations a little too high. And then you see the defensive efforts in the recent games and that can kind of make fans think, Oh, you know, nothing's changed. You know, we're in for another tough season defensively. We are. Lunkless Lunkless is going to face a thousand shots per night. Like, you know, we can't, we can't get carried away with preseason games, especially these being split squad type preseason games. So you're not seeing the best version of the Rangers and you're seeing goalies being used for half games. So, you know, you can't really make too much out of it. You know, these are just times where coaches are evaluating and trying to determine what sticks and what works and what players might be ready to make the jump out of the AHL or college.
0: All right, Sean, thanks so much for coming on uh, early on a Sunday. Uh, this is the earliest we've ever recorded, so I appreciate you being up with us. Why don't you plug uh, everything you do?
2: Right, well, you can read my columns at WFAN.com, and my Twitter handle is at hockey. And I'm always happy to talk about the game and uh, appreciate and fans who have given me a follow over the years.
0: And you're a big soccer guy, right?
2: Oh, yeah, big time. I, I'm not, but Greg's been trying to get it,
0: me
1: into it for Years one day, try. One, it, it one wasn't day. It wasn't a it wasn't a good Southampton weekend for me to get you back on the bandwagon. Okay, put it that way.
0: Okay, well, th- thanks so much for coming on, Sean. Maybe next time we could talk about uh some of the Ranger history at WFEN because I have a lot of questions. But we'll save that for another all right, time. Well, thanks, thanks
2: for having me, and uh you guys have a great show here, and I wish you all the success.
0: Oh, thanks, Sean. Talk to you soon. Okay, welcome back. End of the show. Two great interviews in the books. Uh, Greg and I, obviously, a long podcast for us. And then we're also doing a bonus podcast today, which is uh, a fantasy draft of r- good hangs on the New York Rangers. So if you want to listen to that, you can go to patreon.com, slash let become a subscriber, and you will get our monthly bonus podcast along with some other goodies, including stickers and some new T-shirts. Just, uh, so, you
1: guys, just so you They know. are. Uh, we're we're ordering ordering working on them, them now. October. We're ordering them October 1st. so will have them before Thanksgiving.
0: We will also be announcing this week – New Discord events where we will be doing some Q and A's, some investors meetings in the Blue Switch Breakaway. And, uh, I'm going to try and do a live game watch sometime in this month too. We're going to try and do one monthly, at least with me. Maybe Greg will be there too. Who knows? Maybe, um, maybe. maybe we'll see that. Uh, if you want to tune in for that, patreon.com slash Blue Switch Breakaway. Mm-hmm. Earlier in this podcast, I talked about possibly not having the big event outside MSG on opening night. Will we be outside MSG opening night? Yes. Lock it up. We will be. But, uh, there's been some complications, um, including the street I would like to hold it on is now closed off due to Penn Station being renovated. Uh, we might choose a separate spot, and I will keep everyone op- updated via Twitter on Orion Mead. We will still be outside doing something. I will have a mini microphone. We will be doing things. Do not worry. Things will be happening. But, Gregory, and I haven't revealed this to you yet. This is not the idea I texted you about the other day. Uh There is a, the first Devils-Rangers game of the season is January 9th. And I think that will be our big Church of Kako event outside. And I have some ideas that we'll talk off air about for it, uh, including some possible charity service that teams with us. So, uh stay tuned. We'll keep you updated, especially next week, right obviously opening week, we'll have all the details for what's going on with that. So been a pretty good show, been a very long show, and uh hope you guys enjoyed both interviews today. Love Vince is the best. If you're not following him, I know I'm pumping him too much. You've gotta do it. He's just if you care anything about the Rangers, he's killing the game right now. And uh, thanks, Sean, so much for coming on.
1: What's up? Thank, thank, thank you both. I just want to say, guys, good news. Mm-hmm. Only like eight more games to Mickey Callaway. We're almost there. Almost there. We're almost there.
0: We're almost there. Uh, someone in the five-star questions at the end of it said, let's go Mets. So I didn't say it.
1: Uh, um, yeah, that, that's fine. Yeah, sorry. My, it, right. it's um, just it, just speaking, of, speaking of dads, one more time. Oh it's just really... you start and end the show? <laughs> yeah, well, it's called, uh, bookending, baby. Um, okay. I get texts every, after every game from my dad just being like, ah, it wasn't our night, but they're still alive. And it's just like, I need you to be more realistic here. Your, your son's 30 now. You don't got to lie to me anymore. Just call it like it is. It's over. Not, and he's like, lost. it's, you know, crazier things have happened. I was like, no, it's fucking over. The Brewers aren't losing like eight of their last nine games. It ain't going to happen. And
0: the, and the Brewers, like they lost the and are still pulling it off. So. Yeah,
1: but they, they're also just playing the fucking pirates who suck ass. Yes. And that's in some true. cases, suck ass.
0: <laughs> yes. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this week's podcast. As always, if you want to leave a five-star question or support us, you can go to iTunes, leave a five-star question there. You can always follow me on Twitter at OH Ryan Mead, Ryan Mead. And Greg is at the main account at Blue Shirts Break. Where we're always tweeting about the Mets and other things like the Rangers. Uh, follow us for the season. And we love you guys very, 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 very much. See you next week. Bye bye.